All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to an October 26th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. I'm Tyler Uremchuk, and he is our NHL insider, Frank. Whoa, Matt Larkin joining the show today. How's it going, Matt? Oh, Tyler, it's going okay. My heart has not stopped beating very quickly. Obviously, we have some big news at the top of the show, so I'm excited to get to it. Yeah, being the managing editor and senior writer at Daily Faceoff, and then, oh, a massive piece of historic breaking news drops in the league. I'm sure your morning has been very calm. Uh, the show, as always, is brought to you by Botano 19+. Plus. Please play responsibly. We'll have some picks later on in the show. Ken Bolke from Sinbin Vegas is going to join us for the big segment today. But first, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with some breaking news out of the NHL. Ottawa Senators RF unsigned RFA forward Shane Pinto has been suspended for sports betting related activity. This is the first time in NHL history that a player has been suspended for sports gambling activity. And it comes with a 41 game ban for Pinto, who, like I said, still unsigned. He's been sitting out without a contract. Since the start of the year, our insider Frank Saravalli added today as he uh, travels across North America. He's still breaking news that the Senators were actually made aware of this a couple of weeks ago. It could explain maybe why Pinto remained unsigned over the last couple of weeks and the Senators didn't do anything to create more cap space. But Matt, this is significant and this is historic. It really is. 106 years in the NHL. It's never happened before. We did have Rick Tockett taking a leave, a leave of absence in 2006 when he was a coach. That's the closest example we've had in hockey. Obviously, in the NFL, you think Calvin Ridley right away. You think Jameson Williams. And in Ridley's case, there was a zero tolerance. Just 
they threw the book at him right away. And I do think that's the case. This ban in terms of games missed for Shane Pinto, it's up there with the longest in NHL history. You had Billy Couture in the 1970s banned for life. You have Slava Voinov indefinitely suspended. Rafi Torres, 41 games, and Shane Pinto is tied with Rafi Torres. It's the third longest suspension in NHL history. And that one, of course, Torres was on ice. This is for off-ice conduct. So to me, it tells you the NHL is trying to nip this in the bud. Obviously, betting is a big part of the game now and sponsorship and the relationship with sports books. So they want to establish zero tolerance very quickly here. Yeah, really interesting. We don't have a ton of info on this. Like, I mean, this isn't a scenario where the leagues come out and said, oh, he was gambling on NHL games. He was gambling on Sens games while he was sitting out. Like, it doesn't seem like it's anything like that. The league is just seemingly wanting to establish that, hey, if there's anything, if we get the slightest hint that you may be involved in something like this, zero tolerance, which I appreciate, I think, as we head into this new era. And this is also a warning to other players that like, hey, man, you need to be very, very careful when you're when you're even thinking about doing stuff like this. That's right. And of course, we remember Evander Kane was investigated in 2021 and the NHL does have a third party service, Integrity Services, that they use to investigate these types of things. They look up, look for examples or, or red flags, signs of match fixing, all that kind of stuff. So what we know is that something was probably flagged with Shane Pinto. We don't know for sure that he was directly betting on a game, betting on his own team. None of that has come out yet. The investigation, I assume, is still ongoing, but clearly something from integrity services has been flagged in this case and that's why we have this investigation it's just unprecedented and i'm sure we'll get more details in the days to come but that's what we know so far yeah we'll definitely find out more in the coming days here but that's interesting so the nhl actually has a service on the side you mentioned i this first i'm hearing of this so i'm actually curious a service on yes. the side that kind of monitors this stuff Yes, I did a story on this a couple of years ago, and uh, I assume the provider has not changed. It was Sport Radar at the time, and they do have a service in which they investigate anything that's flagged for a sign of gambling or sports sports betting related activity. So they have certain things that they flag, certain signs of a, even just the time that a bet was made relative to when something happened. Anything that can apply a little bit of insider knowledge is what they flag. Interesting. Very interesting. And the other side of this is because Pinto's unsigned and the Senators have zero cap space, this creates a whole nother wrinkle on top of it and the potential impact it has or it could have on the Ottawa Senators. And questions being raised right now because no one really knows what's going on is if Pinto signs, does his cap hit count for these 41 games? When does the 41 games kick in? Usually a player who's unsigned, his suspension doesn't count. We're hearing reports this morning that no, the NHL might actually just be making it up as they go and saying, no, his suspension started on day one of the season, even though he was unsigned. The the layers to this, there's a lot of them. Oh, my goodness. And that's why even just moments before starting the show, we're still scrambling trying to get all the details because even if you look at the, at the past precedent, so in the CBA, typically, at least the examples that are being tossed out there, off-ice conduct, if a player is suspended for off-ice conduct, his cap hit doesn't count. But in this case, it creates a strange scenario that would reward the Ottawa Senators. That would be a little bit strange, right, for, for Pinto's behavior. Basically, you have a loophole 
They've been capped out. They have not been able to sign him. It's been admittedly almost an embarrassment for Pierre Dorian that they can't have their number three center because there wasn't room for him on the cap. Now, as a result of a suspension, you might be able to tuck him away. So I wonder if there might be an exception made because, again, as we said, this is an unprecedented situation. And in terms of the backdating of the suspension, it was put out there from Elliot Friedman just minutes ago that it might be backdated to the start of the season. So game 41, that would mean late January, Shane Pinto is eligible to return if he serves that suspension. So there's so many questions here. Like my head is spinning as we try to figure out. And it's it's exciting in a way just because it's never happened before. So it's possible that there will be rulings to come that reflect the fact that it's unprecedented. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how the NHL goes about this for the Senators in the meantime. I mean, everyone was kind of sitting here going, oh, matter of time till they get Pinto back. And it's a massive boost to their lineup. In the meantime, as we take a look at, at how they've lined up recently, like Ridley Grieg's been playing great. Josh Norris being healthy and back is a huge help as well. They they maybe don't... I mean, you still obviously are going to miss Shane Pinto. This guy who popped home 20 goals. Like, he's really, really good. Ridley Grieg being as good as he is maybe softens the blow a little bit. But also, this allows the Senators to maybe act with a little bit more confidence in the sense that they now know it's 41 games for Pinto, right? Like, I know there could be an appeal process and things, but the Senators now have a bit more of a firm timeline on when they need to act on their cap issues. Yeah, exactly. And I do think that matters for a potential trade partner as well, because I think you're bang on, especially Ridley Gregg. Obviously, there was pedigree there. He came in as one of the team's best prospects, but it, it seems like he's almost ahead of schedule this year. I think he's looked really good so far, has a lot of jam in his game. And you have Josh Norris back healthy. A couple of weeks ago, that wasn't a certainty. It looked like it was very murky, that timeline. So now you kind of look at the lineup and you're like, OK, where does Shane Pinto fit in there? If everybody's playing well, he's sort of overqualified to be a fourth line center. Ridley Gregg is not playing poorly enough to be dropped down that far in the lineup. So I kind of wonder if the best resolution could be a fresh start in this case for Shane Pinto. And then you kind of alleviate any of the cap questions and your lineup is kind of working at least in the first three forward lines as is. So at least if you're in any scenario with a potential trade partner, now you know how many games exactly you're going to be missing Shane Pinto. Yeah, uh, we'll have more on this story tomorrow when Frank Saravalli is back on the show. Uh, him and myself will be live from Edmonton. But just kind of recap, the questions we have right now. Will this be appealed? What was the gambling-related activity? When did his suspension start? If he is signed by the Senators, does his cap hit count? And I think those are the four big ones, Matt. Like, again, lots still up in the air here. Oh, so much. And also, just... What what is there another loophole that the senators will try to find if they find out that they can sign him to a prorated contract? Do they try to sign him to a sweetheart deal? He doesn't have much leverage right now. So does he sign? Does he do something like the equivalent of that Kevin LeBanc deal from a few years ago where he basically takes way less than he's worth just to fit under the cap kind of tail between his legs would be Shane Pinto in this case. So that's just another layer to this. There's so many that you could do an entire show on it. Mm -hmm. And I know Elliot Friedman had a couple of tweets as well. Usually an unsigned RFA, if they're not signed by December 1st, they're not eligible to play the entire season. That doesn't apply to Pinto because he wasn't eligible to sign an offer sheet. So the December 1st deadline doesn't even come into play here either. Um, there's probably going to be a lot coming out in the next 24 hours about this one. And we'll be covering it over on dailyfaceoff.com. Let's shift gears a little bit, though, Matt Larkin. I mean, only a little bit because we're going to be talking senators in this next segment as well. It is hot seat season. We're getting to the point where, you know, almost, almost at the 10% mark of the season. And that's usually when teams will start to sit there and go, oh, boy, this might be more than just a poor start for us. 
I, I, I tasked you with giving me a handful of coaches who you think are on the hot seat. Yes. So the first one, DJ Smith, and I, I sort of made up my own rule. I call it the I call it the Jeff Blashill syndrome. It's when a, it's when a rebuilding team keeps the coach who is sort of the caretaker coach on for a little bit too long. You transition to into the years that are supposed to be competitive, but you've had this coach there so long for so many losing seasons that I don't know if the team is responding to that coach anymore. I think it happened in Detroit. They kept Blashill way too long, and I think that. We could be nearing that type of juncture with DJ Smith. Obviously, the fans have not been kind calling for his head. And that was an embarrassing loss at home to the Buffalo Sabres, a big division rival, the team they're expected to compete with for that playoff spot, that wild card spot in the East. And I know three and three is not a terrible start, but just if you look at Pierre Dorian has moved mountains over the past couple off seasons trying to turn this team into a contender. And eventually you just need to start getting results while you have all these young players in their primes. And if they're not responding to DJ Smith, I think there's enough talent here that you could still save the season. Absolutely. It's not like it's anywhere close to beyond saving, but maybe they just need a different voice in the room. So that's number one on the hot seat list. Yeah, I think that's the one who probably would have led up a lot of people's lists heading into the season as well. I know Frank had speculated for a little bit about uh, Derek Lalonde in Detroit as well, because, I mean, the eyes are plans under a little bit of pressure this season. Over in the YouTube chat, John is in and says Mike Sullivan should be on that list. And I think that's a guy who, when you look at the Sen or the Penguins record, you go, yeah, okay, that a coaching change would probably make sense. But Mike Sullivan is so more than locked into that front office there in Pittsburgh, that entire organization. He's not getting gassed. I think Jay Woodcroft's another one who a lot of people are going, oh, Oilers are underperforming, coaching change. I can't see a scenario in which the Oilers are, are changing up their head coach again with this core group of players. So that's why I wouldn't have those two on the list. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Mike Sullivan is sort of proven to be invincible. He's just done so much with the team so depleted, so many injury injury plague years, two Stanley Cups. And Jay Woodcroft, my thing with Woodcroft is, uh, sorry, everybody, he can't stop the puck himself. The Oilers have been pretty good territorially, but they're not getting saves from either Stuart Skinner or Jack Campbell. Not nearly enough. No Connor McDavid as well at the moment, so not worried about Woodcroft. But Craig Berube is a guy that I'd have my eye on. If you look at that, that life cycle sort of post-Stanley Cup, eventually the goodwill wears off, and it's typically the coach that takes the bullet before the GM does. So I do wonder, this team has been retooled, obviously, the Blues they obviously sold off a, lo a lot of their pieces last year, but they didn't go all the way. They were hoping to bounce back in what I think is a very wide open central division. And this team has just been flat. They're not scoring. They're really bad defensively. Personally, I think that's more on Doug Armstrong if you're building a roster that just can't compete with that decor. They're all sort of past their primes, but I still think just the way it typically goes is the target goes on the coaches back first before there's any heat on the GM. Some other teams you'd maybe look at and go, oh, they're stumbling out of the gates. I mean, the Carolina Hurricanes, Rod Brindamore is never going anywhere. Washington Capitals, they just hired Spencer Carberry this summer. He's not going anywhere. Um, same thing in Nashville. Andrew Brunette is a new coach. They're under 500, but that, that's a situation where you're going to let things play out for the entire season. The other one that was maybe a little interesting to me is out in Seattle where they're off to a bit of a poor start, but... I'm not really sure if it's sound the alarm yet in Seattle. And that actually ties into our next segment. Matt Larkin, I'm going to put you through the ringer. We're going to play a little this or that on a Thursday morning. Let's start with who should be more concerned in the Pacific Division. A couple of teams with identical records at two, four, and one. Who should be more concerned, the Flames or the Kraken? Oh, I think it's the Kraken by a significant margin. If you look at last season, they had the luckiest, highest shooting percentage in the NHL by a significant margin. You look at that roster, 
It was a team that didn't have a superstar. How did they fare so well? Even Jared McCann, 40 goals, was shooting way above his career average, and he was sort of the poster child for what was going to happen going into the season. They've regressed, and that's a problem when you don't have that go-to guy to put the team on your back. The puck luck is coming back to normal, and it's not like the Kraken had goaltending that could bail them out. They didn't last year. Their goaltending was pretty bad. It remains bad so far this season with Grubauer and Decord, and even Matty Beniers. He is your franchise player for now. He's a great player, but he's someone who you can't expect to be a 90-point guy, 100-point guy. He's more of an all-around player. I think the ceiling is more like a Nico Heischer type of player, as I've said before. So that's also a guy that's not going to help you score your way out of trouble. So I'm very worried about the Kraken. I think they were ahead of schedule last year when they were supposed to be sort of building slowly. They had that ragtag group of veterans, and now it's like, uh-oh, maybe that was just an anomaly, and this is the real version of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh up next, I want to head, or I'll combine the two conferences, the uh, East and the West. We're going to chat with Ken Bolke in a little bit about the Golden Knights, one of the three perfect teams in the NHL. But I want to ask you, amongst the other two, the Bruins and the Avs, which one has been more impressive? Oh my goodness, the Boston Bruins, because of everything they lost, they have now won 71 of their past 89 games, dating back to the start of last season. And when you lose Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Tyler Bertuzzi, Dmitry Orlov, Taylor Hall, it sounds like I'm singing a song here. There are so many names they lost, and it doesn't seem to matter. It's just next man up. They've built this winning culture. The torch passes to Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, Charlie McAvoy as those leaders. Linus Allmark, people forget. Yes, he flopped in the playoffs after the Vezina Trophy season, but he was playing hurt. He looks back to himself now, save percentage above 960. I'm just blown away by how the Bruins, they just, they've got that winning culture and it doesn't seem to matter who they have on that roster. They changed half their team from a 65 win group and now they're on pace to win 82. It blows my mind. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is crazy that heading into the year, Frank kept hitting me with the stat of like they could lose 18 more games than they did last year. Still a 100 point club. Absolutely bananas. We will wrap up this segment with one final question. What comes first? No winless teams or no more perfect teams. The perfect teams, of course, Boston, Colorado, Vegas. The only winless team is the San Jose Sharks. Tonight, the Sharks take on Tampa Bay. Colorado plays Pittsburgh, and Boston plays Anaheim. So what comes first? The Sharks get their first win, or every perfect team's lost? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat, because guess who plays each other next week? Colorado and Vegas. So we know that somebody's perfect run is going to end as early as next week. And I'm not convinced the Sharks are going to win a game before then. I think they're just beyond bad. I said that before the season. I picked them to be the lottery number one team. I think they're the worst team in the league. So I'm going to say the perfection ends at the latest when those two teams meet next week. All right. Yeah. I mean, but it's the NHL. Like, even when teams are really bad, like <laughs> it's tough to lose eight or nine games in a row in this league. I know it's true. And I always think of the example of the Detroit Red Wings a few years ago had the worst record of the millennium and they beat the President's Trophy winning team twice that year. So it's true. That's why it's so tough to, to win on money lines when you're betting on hockey too. Yeah, 100%. I'll have my picks coming up in just a few minutes for tonight's slate. But let's get to our big segment today. It's the All 32 and Ken Bolke. The All 32 is delivered by DoorDash for a limited time. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. They download the DoorDash app and enter the code NATION25. Ken Bulky from Sinbin Vegas hopping on the show. Always a pleasure to catch up with you, Ken. And it's fun to sit here and talk about a Golden Knights team that is off to a perfect start. No Stanley Cup hangover in sight. I'm going to start with just a simple one. What's been the most impressive part of these first seven games? 
I think just how quickly they picked right back up to what they were doing. Like they they were dominating through a good portion of the playoffs, and then they come out here, and it hasn't been as great as it was going through the playoffs, but it's been pretty darn good. They've had some down periods, but the second they have a down period, they turn it around and figure it right back out. So it's been pretty unbelievable how it's like everything just kind of fell right back in line. Like we just don't see that from Stanley Cup champs the next season very often. And that's exactly what's happening here. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ken, I wanted to ask you about Paul Cotter. He's someone who has really popped for me so far, obviously scored an unbelievable goal and it's interesting to me. He's big and physical, but if you look at every stop of his career developmentally, it's not like he was ever a dominant scorer. And he just looks so good for a fourth-round pick, 23 years old, late bloomer. So I'm curious, as someone who gets to see him every night, what exactly does Vegas have in this guy? He's kind of a, he's kind of an up-and-down player. There are bad shifts. There are good shifts. There are that goal right there that you see right on your screen. Like, he, he does a lot of good things. He's a physical player. He's good on the forecheck. He's willing to defend. He's willing to go to the front. Like there's everything to his game. It's there. And then his hands are unbelievable. As we saw, like he has that in him. He's great at shootout too. But every single time Bruce Cassidy's asked about him, he brings up that there are some issues defensively, that it's not always there. He's not always as engaged in the game. And it's not as easy to see for us watching the game. I, I will readily admit, like, there have been games I've thought, wow, Paul Cotter was great, and then Cassidy will say that. But for the most part, there are some times where you do see, like, he's not really there the entire game, and at least at least not popping the same way that he does in certain games. And then there will be that moment, and that's why he's been in the lineup every single game this season. And I don't think he's coming out anytime soon, because that moment is good enough to even have some of the downs that a young player may go through. And I think that with Cassidy, he will get better over the course of his career. I see. I'm biased as well as a Paul Cotter fantasy owner in the deep league. All I see is the good right now. He's just providing so many stats in every category. 
Uh, I wanted to ask you, Ken, as well about goaltending. So obviously one of the interesting storylines going into this year was Logan Thompson coming back healthy. Aiden Hill gets the contract that I think was starter money or at least 1A money. And so far the split is 4-3. So the ratio of starts is pretty close. And I'm curious, do you expect it to play out similarly with that type of math all season long? So Bruce Cassidy was asked this a couple of days ago before this last game that he went with Thompson, which it looked like it might have been Hill Stark, which would have made it 5-2, and we would have been looking at something much differently here. Uh, he basically said Aiden Hill is the starter at the moment. Obviously, it's 2023-24. It doesn't mean somebody's going to get 65 games. We're probably looking something closer to maybe 55 if they were to do it perfectly. I don't think it's going to end up going that way, though. I think we're going to be closer to 41-41 over the course of the season just because of who the two players are. They both have the ability to be good enough to start. They're both guys that you can put in against really any team. They're going to want to keep them both fresh. There's injury history to both of them. So I think they're going to lean more towards going almost to a straight 50-50. But he did say we can't ignore history. We can't ignore what happened in the playoffs. So he is the starter at the moment, that being Hill. And Thompson will have to eventually take that from him or injury may force that or whatever. But it's going to be pretty close. Like, yeah, it's 4-3 now. I would say if no one were to get hurt over the course of the next two months, we're probably looking at 55-45, 60-40 at worst. I'd, I'd be even be surprised if it was that bad. I'm not sure what I've been more impressed with. Jonathan Marcheseau, the goal-scoring winger. Jonathan Marcheseau, the actor. Um, I loved his piece on ESPN. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, but I wanted to talk a little bit bigger picture with Marcheseau. And maybe this will say something about the way the team's got to handle this kind of core group. But he's a UFA at the end of the year. He's 32 years old. He's been a great player for them. Was unbelievable during the playoffs. What's the path to Marcheseau being a long-term Golden Knight? Is it a long-term deal? Is it maybe something shorter, two, three seasons? How do you think they're going to be able to navigate this? It's, it's always interesting with their own players because they've handed out a lot of big contracts, but very rarely are they their own players, right? Like Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo, uh, Jack Eichel, they've all gotten these long deals. But then when you look at like the William Carlson's and – Braden McNabb, and even if you go as far back as Flurry, his deal was only a couple years when they got it. I think it was three when he got it. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. You're right, age is there, but they also have a core that you're going to have to keep going with this core. You, can't, I don't think Mar Marcia so is the one where you're like, uh-oh, he's too old, we've got to blow the whole thing up. Like You still have Alec Martinez, you still have Alex Petrangelo, you still have Mark Stone. Like a lot of these guys are still there, so I think you're probably looking at something like a mid-range deal. I think there's going to be a little bit of a discount, though. He's he's He doesn't want to leave. Like The Golden Knights made this man's career. He knows it, they know it. He doesn't want to go anywhere. He's got like 67 kids that all play hockey on different teams at the, at the rink across the street here. Like he does not want to leave. And so I think there's going to be some sort of agreement that's like, hey, we're not going to give you quite market value, but you don't want to go. We don't want you to go. Let's come to something agreeable here. I would say at worst, it's a four-year deal. I don't think they'll go five or six and get him into the high 30s. But if he still plays well enough, I think that the, the agreement will probably be there. Like, yeah, we'll sign you again to a one-year deal if, you keep, if you're still playing good by that time this one ends. Yeah, it'll be fascinating. Obviously, a big, big part of their success last spring. He's off to a good start with three goals in seven games. As always, Kent, really appreciate picking your brain on everything Golden Knights. Thanks for hopping on today. Yeah, thanks for having me.
There you go. Ken Bolke's appearance, as always, brought to you by DoorDash. Dash that for the win. Make DoorDash your holiday hack this holiday season. Let's move along to our hashtag AskDFO segment. And I'll start with a story that's up at Daily Faceoff, Matt. Uh, the NHL seems to be moving to decentralizing the draft. We heard about this possibility last week. And now it seems like after speaking with all 32 teams, there is a lot of support for doing this. What are your thoughts on this move? Well, I'll qualify it by, I'm just going to, raise the elephant in the room here the bias on my part okay the reporters were upset about this of course because the draft is a great opportunity to get all hands on deck everybody together see people you haven't seen in a long time especially in conjunction with the awards you have great opportunities for interviews and stories it's a great way to see what's going on on the floor if something happens you can get instant reaction from a gm so we love it so admittedly i'm very disappointed but if you're looking at from the fans perspective i can understand the presentation element's going to be better. You can put it in different types of venues, focus on just the top picks. And of course, from the GM's perspective, I do think this is going to facilitate a lot more activity because if you're on the floor, people can see what you're doing. People can try to interfere or whatever it is, right? You have much more freedom to be in your own war room. So I think we'll see an increase in activity as a result. Yeah, I think that is true. I think it could lead to a better TV product as well when you don't have a parade of 30 people going on stage to take a photo with the draft pick. I kind of like that photo. I think it's a neat little NHL thing. But at the same time, if it cuts the length of the first round down from what are we doing now, like three and a half hours, if we can keep it a nice tight two and a half hours, then I think everyone probably wins. But I will say yeah, it's sad from a media perspective that you won't have this big meeting of all the hockey minds in the league going to one spot. Uh, the second one I have for you last night, we saw Jack Hughes absolutely go off once again, granted in a losing effort. But Hughes has rattled off three straight games with three plus points. I made a bold prediction this year. I said Jack Hughes is going to score 60 goals this season. But the DFO question from the chat is, is he capable of winning the Hart Trophy? Well, hell yes, he is, because I predicted him to win the Hart Trophy a month ago. He was my pick for the season, so I got to stand by that. And I really think it's possible. A, I think the Devils are going to be a top contender. Of course, we saw last year he had 99 points as a 22-year-old. So he was just only reaching his prime now. And if you believe that you need to be the scoring champion to, to knock off Connor McDavid for the heart, well, look at the head start that Jack Hughes has now. 17 points in six games. Connor McDavid is hurt. So we could realistically see a scenario in which McDavid does not lead the league in scoring. So if that tiebreaker is sort of out of the window, out the window, then I think the odds of Hughes winning the heart have actually gone up substantially. He's just, he's been flat out remarkable. Like last year was something to see the jump forward he took. It's interesting to see like his career development and the way his numbers have shot up almost in an exact similar way to Nathan McKinnon. But obviously it took a long time for McKinnon to hit 100 points because of a few things. Um, but yeah, Hughes, he seems to be a lock for 100. When you get this many points in the first few games, you, you give yourself such a solid head start. Uh, let's move along to our Botano daily bets for the day. I got a couple of plays here for this evening's slate after just one game last night. We're back full tonight and I got a shot prop parlay. I love digging around to find the lines that are set at one and a half. Tonight, it's Charlie McAvoy and Scott Lawton are a couple that I've noticed. The Wild haven't been great at suppressing shots so far this year and Scott Lawton in his last four games, three shots, four shots, four shots, and six shots. Okay, his line's one and a half. I think this is a good spot. Payout's not great, so I'm playing it with Charlie McAvoy, who's hit this in four of his last five games and is coming off a six-shot performance for the Bruins, and they're playing the Anaheim Ducks. Boston should be able to get to that 35-plus shot range tonight if they're moving well, so I like that parlay. And then the Senators on the money line tonight. I am not a believer in the New York Islanders, not one bit. 
I think the Senators team should be hungry. They're three and three. They're coming off a pretty disappointing performance against the Buffalo Sabres. But what happened later in that game? The Senators started to play well. I think they started to wake up. I like the Sens to get a dub as road dogs tonight on Long Island. I like all of them. I especially like the McAvoy bet. Anytime you're betting on the Anaheim Ducks, allowing a lot of chances, you're making a smart bet. Last year, the Ducks, honestly, in the conversation for the worst defensive team of all time in terms of the chances and shots they allowed. All right, let's wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time. And I'm going to handle this one, Mr. Matt Larkin. When the NHL announced that it was the they were doing the new deal with ESPN, I was excited because I was like, okay, this is going to get NHL highlights leading the start of SportsCenter. There was a reason all of a sudden ESPN's invested in broadcasting the game and showcasing the league. Lately, we've seen a bunch of players make appearances on the Pat McAfee show. We saw Connor Bedard a couple of weeks ago. Austin Matthews had a great appearance. And I mean, that's one of the biggest sports talk shows going in the world right now. And you're also opening it up to a football demographic. And I've always kind of thought football fans should also be hockey fans. The physicality, the roughness of the sport, all of that. This ESPN deal, I think, is working out wonderfully for the NHL. And seeing them get guys like Matthews and Bedard making appearances on the Pat McAfee show, it's fantastic for the league. I think you're right, and I'm loving seeing that synergy. Pat McAfee, you think, hey, this guy was just a punter in the NFL, but he has close to 3 million followers just on Twitter alone. He got so big that he was in the WWE, part of some big promotions there, wrestling in some matches. So he's become quite a big name in the sports media world. And I think there's something about athletes when they're talking to other athletes. It brings out different sides of their personality. And you can see it in that Austin Matthews interview this week with McAfee. He just has a different level of, I don't want to say respect, but maybe that is the right word. You just show more of yourself. You're more comfortable. And I think it's wonderful to see. And I agree totally about the Venn diagram. Pat McAfee has that that segment now called Hockey is Awesome, I, I believe it's called. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people that are watching his show are the same types of people that would love hockey if they discovered it. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get some new converts as a result of the exposure. All right. Uh, hopping over to the YouTube chat. Darcy wanted to know, he missed the start of the show. So why did Shane Pinto get suspended? Rewind, get it all. It's gambling related activity. And we're going to be covering everything from that on dailyfaceoff.com. Uh, quickly, Garbage Time was brought to you by our new friends at Wendy's. Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year. And Daily Faceoff, for those of you who smoke the competition, Wendy's is rewarding you with weekly prizes that have you savoring the true taste of victory. We're launching our Survivor game in a couple of days over on dailyfaceoff.com. So you're going to be able to make your picks, win prizes, 5000 bucks at the end of the year. Not bad if you win it all. And you'll get to see how you do compared to people like myself and Matt Larkin. So giddy up, Matt. That sounds fun. I love a good survivor pool. I can't stay away. And now you're making me hungry. Wendy's, I want some right now. That new uh, barbecue bacon cheeseburger. It is legit. That is a wrap on today's edition of the show, as always, presented by Botano. Shout out to everyone in the YouTube chat. Record day over on the YouTube. And guess what? We'll be back to do it all again tomorrow at noon Eastern. Chat with you then. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.